0: Welcome to the Striving Together podcast, a podcast for the Magaday Church family to help us follow Jesus together in the grace of His gospel. My name is Shane Shaddix. I have the privilege of serving as the discipleship pastor here at IDC, and I am joined today uh, by Ben, uh, who will only be known as Ben, as best as we both can try. Uh, And so uh, Ben and his family are uh, laborers uh, overseas uh, amongst uh, the the nations, and they are working just to, to make disciples and plant churches uh in uh, can we say the north africa middle east region generally um and uh so we'll, we're gonna maintain a level of vagueness on the only the important things that need to be left there uh but at the same time want to give the idc church family a sense of the work and that you guys have been in, engaged in and that kind of thing so first uh, ben thanks for taking the time to do this yeah thanks for having us on sure. yeah um Let's uh, let's go back a, a little bit. Um, you guys have been a part of the IDC family for how long, and when did you get sent out? Just give us some of the like the logistical framing for yeah, you guys' life.
1: Yeah, just for the record, um, I know the Shattexes have have taken the first couple rounds of, of phase ten against our family, but <laughs> we will come back with a vengeance. That's um, right. <laughs> uh, we're we're pretty resilient. Uh but the yeah, girls we, especially, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Our girls, they get after it. Um <laughs> we uh, joined IDC in 2012. Um we were here for or 2013, sorry. We were here for two and a half years. Um and then in, in 2015, uh yeah, we moved overseas and yeah, we we are in the Middle East working with a Central Asian people group. Okay. So um, we work with a people group that comes from three really popular Central Asian countries. Um, they're all pretty dangerous, pretty hard to get to. Um, and the people group comes from there and they've kind of spilled out uh, in the Arab Gulf and surrounding Middle East countries. And so we've been working among that people group for about seven and a half years. Uh, We have four kids, um, two girls. Uh, Caroline is eight. Evelyn is seven. uh, Thomas and Nathan uh, are two and four. And so, um, yeah, and their whole lives have have been over there. And this podcast would certainly be way better if uh, my better half Jenny were on it. Um, But (laughs) uh, she's chasing the kids around. And um, so,
0: yeah, no, that's good. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, giving us the lay of the land. So uh, you guys were here for a couple of years, and then uh, went. Uh, tell us when in your journey, kind of where you guys landed there in the the, the Middle East. Uh, when did that come on the radar for you guys? Was that like uh when I had a, when I was seven I had a dream, or did you just like throw a dart at a map? Like, how did you guys land on that spot?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so yeah, I I got a degree in biology. I thought <laughs> I wanted to do something in medicine, and I had a a guy in college just really call me out and say like, hey, why are you pursuing this? Um, and so he he challenged me to a guy that was discipling me in college challenged me to take a year and and really ask myself that question. And so I took a year, uh, I did what any adventurous 20 year old would do. I moved to Africa <laughs> for a year, uh, worked at an orphanage and I actually pretty cliche read the book radical when I was there right. and I was like, okay, I, I, I think I'm second guessing uh, my career path and really just through discipling teenagers at an orphanage in Africa felt called to full-time ministry. Came back, plugged in at the Church of Brook Hills and and met one, my wife, Jenny, there. Uh, she is a nurse and had been doing short-term trips. Uh, she didn't have a desire to live overseas, uh, but she wanted to keep doing those short-term trips. And I was convinced at that point, like, hey, if we're going to date, like, this is the trajectory of right. my life. Um, and I would love for you to be a part of it. But, like, this is where we're going. And she was like, all right, let, let's try it out. And so we began to just look for good teams. Okay. Um, that was something that was really encourage people encouraged us to do like if you're going to make it on the field long-term hmm. find like a good ethos um a, a, a team that you agree with and so that's what we, we began looking for and so we connected with the team out of brook hills that okay. was working in that region and um took a trip and just yeah felt the lord confirming that that was uh, a good direction for us to go in there was no mystical voice from the sky right. that this is the people group you should work with but uh-huh. really just uh felt like it was a good fit for us yeah um, so. yeah so
0: you you said you left. You guys have been there what, six or seven years at this point. Seven so and a half. Yeah. The way your kind of sending organization works, that's kind of like two cycles. Is that correct? Of of going and then coming back for us, you know, a, a season and then going back. Is that right?
1: That's right. We had COVID in there, and <laughs> sure. uh, Jenny was pregnant during COVID, and we actually came back and okay. had our fourth child here in the states, and that put us here for a little bit longer. But we we've, we've served two terms. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and you, you talked about teaming being super important, yeah. but uh, am i re- remembering correctly 6 or 7 years in one spot kind of makes you the the old guard in a lot of places and the team has a lot of transition is that is that a fair summary of kind of what your your
1: situation you guys uh time on the field has been like very much so yeah i think um yeah there is a ton of turnover and that, that, that's part of what we like really consider in recruiting now like hey like the road is hard yeah. and you need to consider that before you you come out and so yeah. we really encourage people to think this to be effective in this work you really need to think long term um Seven to ten years yeah. um, to learn language well to be um, to be effective among a people's culture and language and yeah there are certainly ways to come out and serve for a couple of years and we've had that we've had people come and join our team for a couple of years and then we've had people come and and just realize like this isn't the best fit for our family and mm-hmm. so there is a lot of turnover and it's yeah learning to do community and teaming well and, and it is hard and sure. so finding at least finding people that you agree with like in philosophy of ministry and this is the way we're going to do. Mission, um, looking for people who, who agree with you on those things, and yeah. then uh, working hard uh, to to work together yeah. for the gospel.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's, uh sounds so tricky when when teaming is so important, but it's also something that's so hard to keep you know, stable or consistent uh, in in that way. Uh, it's I, I would imagine like a constant thing that's at least in the back of your mind. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about context. So, uh, for, for the listener and you can explain more about this in a second, but you guys are in a little bit of a transition period. You've been in one context in one specific location. And, uh, you know, if the Lord wills, when you guys go back, you're going to be going back to a similar work, but a different location, same, same specific, like team and purpose, right? Just coming at it from a different geographical area. So you can, you can elaborate on that in a second, but let's look back first. Yeah. Um, yeah what have been some of the features of the context that you guys have been uh, ministering uh, in and among the people that you've been been engaging? Uh, Just kind of paint the picture as much as you're comfortable with um, without uh, kind of revealing too much, I guess, but just paint a picture of like what life and ministry has looked like in that specific context.
1: Yeah. Uh, So we live in a deeply rooted Islamic society Mm -hmm. Um, to be a citizen of the country that we've been in is to be a Muslim. Um, There are, 100% um, of the local population are are Muslims. And and uh we're in the Arab Gulf where uh oil money has made things comfortable. Um and so people are are not only deeply rooted in Islam, they're very uh, just comfortable in in their life. And so when you come in, when we come in preaching a an, an outside message there's just very little, little interest. And, and some of that has to do with culture. Some of that has to do with, um, just where they are in, in society, their economic status is, yeah, is good and they're, and they're content. Hmm. And so it makes for, for really hard, um, gospel ministry. Um, and, and it's all deeply rooted in relationships. Hmm. And so, um, yeah, I wish we could come in talking about an illustrious evangelistic, um, a Revival campaign or yeah, something. Yeah, but that just hasn't been the nature yeah. of our ministry. Um, it, it's uh, we gather as a team weekly and, and we pray and beg the Lord to work, and then we, we scatter throughout yeah. throughout the week, and we just live pretty normal lives, uh, seeking to build relationships with our neighbors, yeah. with those we're coming in contact with, in our kids' school and in, in, in our job, and try to 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 weave the gospel in yep. slowly, um, and, and that's been really hard and. Hmm. Uh, you know, um, nine, 99 times out of a hundred, uh, people aren't interested.
0: Uh, you're not interested in the, like in a, a, in a hostile sense or in like a dulled kind of just like, don't care sense.
1: Very dulled, don't huh. care sense. Like I, I've got what I need and I, and I don't need what you're selling yeah. type of thing. It's so
0: interesting because I think, I suspect that most people, when they think that region of the world, they think, you know, w- whatever preconceived notions they have about about that context it would my mind would probably more naturally go towards a kind of hostility and a kind of aggression but it's almost like if tell me if this is an inappropriate kind of application but it's almost like um you know the the parable of the soils uh it's not so much even that like um there's this like hard rocky soil it's like it's more like the thorns of like the care, the, the deceitfulness of riches kind of right. thing. This is like a a different reason that the gospel is not taking root and bearing fruit uh, than what maybe I would assume. Is that, is that yeah, fair? That's, that's
1: very true. I equate it to the Bible belt often. Like mm. people are just very content with what they have and why, why mix it up? Why go against the status quo? If what I, what I'm, what I'm, the stream that I'm in is, is, is going well for working me. in some sense. Um, and so we have a lot of people who will, who will, Read the Bible with us, even have conversations about the gospel, and say, "Yeah, like, yeah, that could be true." Um, but I can't risk um following that path. Um, it would it would mean too much for me yeah. to consider, and so they won't even count the cost most most of the time. So, so the,
0: uh, let's tease that out because to say that people are apathetic towards considering the gospel is not to say that the context, the culture as a whole, is apathetic towards uh. Religion, you right. know, like so. So there is a cost if someone were to repent and believe, coming out of the uh, Muslim background in that context, there would be a lot of social cost.
1: What, what te- tease that out for us? What would it be? Certainly, yeah. So just because, yeah, they're deep, r- deeply rooted in Islam. So everything that they do in their culture is surrounding Islam. So to go against um, Islam would be a betrayal of trust to their family um, and to the government. And so there's this, 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 this idea of loyalty um, that I, I, I take Islam because my, my father took Islam. My Mm. grandfather took Islam. The, the, the king of my country has taken Islam and, and we're a part of this family and we're loyal to this family and we would never consider going, going against that. And so the few people we have seen go against that, um, it starts with the family, um, that they, they're, yeah, they're just put put out of the family. Mm. Um, they're not going to physically harm them, okay. um, but they are going to ostracize them, um, take their inheritance away, uh, put them out on the street. Mm. Um, so we've seen that happen. And then on the other side, a governmental side, uh, we had one brother who who professed faith, and the government said you will no longer be able to work. Uh, And so they just put a blacklist on his employment record that he couldn't get hired anywhere. Mm. And so, like, yeah, really thinking through what does his future look like if he can't get hired and and he can't operate within his familial structure? Like, yeah, we have to really be the church for him at that point, be his new family and, and that's, uh, it's tricky uh, Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Let's talk, I want to go down you, two things uh, related to what you just said, like governmentally there is, there are structures in place to protect and to kind of prevent part uh, of the gospel um, but you guys have there for uh, a, a while, to, again to the extent that you're able to to share what have you guys had to do to even just like exist there? Because um, I assume you're not, you know, walking in with your WWJD bracelets or whatever, and uh, you know, just like have, being real cavalier that you've right. got a level of, of caution and care that you got to take. How have you guys tried to approach that? What have you had to do to just be able to, to exist in, in that context?
1: Yeah, it's a huge piece of our ministry, uh, just to be in this country, you need a legitimate mm. identity. Mm. And so we have been firm believers from the beginning. Like we need to actually do what we say we're doing. Okay. Um, and so we set up a business, um, um, it's a CrossFit gym. And so we've run that CrossFit gym, um, as well as we could. And we try to be as legitimate as we can. And that's kind of been our identity in the city. Um, it's fine for us as outsiders to be Christians. Uh, it's just illegal to, to seek to convert right. Muslims, um, um, to Christianity. And so, yeah, we, um, through our gym, um, we, we just seek to, to make as many relationships as we can. And and then we earn the trust of people and we feel confident in 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 sharing our faith. Uh, and then, uh, another huge piece of our strategy is we saw that we needed the church. (laughs) Um, we needed the church to be, um, effective in any way and so we just saw that with our evangelistic ministry we needed to couple that with strong um, community that that the, the people around us could could witness and see and be yeah. invited into and so that's been been huge for us and yeah it it it's a risk mm. for us to 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 live out our faith and, and say we are a church and, and invite outsiders into that. But we've just decided that's a risk that we have to take yeah. um, in this context. Yeah. yeah. That was
0: kind of the other thing I wanted to make sure that you had opportunity to, to kind of chat through, because it seems like that, that role of the local church in the overall uh, context, it, it cuts multiple different ways and they all seem in some ways to be by the Lord's design in like, just like what the church is. So you mentioned on the one hand uh, it is part of our our witness, right? Like the how we live together is is this testimony of the gospel. But on the other hand, uh, we are a, um, we're inviting people into something, not just out of something. And like with that social cost of, hey, if, if you're really going to consider the claims of Christ and really follow him, it's going to mean ostracization. It's going to mean being rejected in a lot of ways, but that does not mean you're in isolation at that point right. you're 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 having a you're finding a new community or whatever again to the extent that you're able describe how that's worked in the in i know you, you talking about it hasn't been mass revivals or whatever but you guys have seen some some fruit and some folks repent and believe how has the church been able to be a a new family for for folks
1: uh, that's a great question um we had been there in um in country for about a year and we were kind of doing house church as as a team. And that was kind of how we we nourished one another and cared for one another and, and fed uh, ourselves. Um, but we met this guy um, from our people group and um, we started sharing with him. He was managing a restaurant um, and we started sharing with him and he, he showed some interest and he said, well, don't you guys have a church? And we were like, yeah. Uh, and he was like, well, can I come? And we all kind of looked at each other like, well, well of course um, but
0: conventional wisdom at that point would say
1: no no like, let's you keep can't him separate yeah, for yeah. security reasons for uh for missiological reasons oftentimes the seeker is kept apart from um from those from the worker community and so uh we hesitantly said yes uh come and so he began attending our our gathering um every week and then we met with him in the middle of the week to to study the word and. Um, uh, about a year and a half later, he professed faith. And when he got in front of our, our church and, and, and shared his story, he said, you know, when you guys were sharing the gospel with me, like I was interested, mm-hmm. but I, but I didn't see how it could ever play out for me. Yeah. And then he said, when I saw your church, when I saw how you loved your spouses, how you parented your children with care and, and with grace, um, how, how you sang uh, together and, and you prayed together in a way that you meant it. He was like, that's that's what did it for me. Yeah. Um, and, and we've seen three or four other people come to faith since him. And they've all had the same story. It was. Yeah thank you for sharing the gospel with me but thank you for inviting me mm. into the community of believers where i could see what that could look like for me yeah. uh moving forward yeah. and it and it all hasn't been um roses uh sure. since since them coming to faith it's it's a hard journey where sure uh there's there's a lot of tough things to work through but um those two things evangelism coupled with um yeah them seeing seeing the church has been what what has uh, helped us be effective? That's, that's so good. And, and I mean, to, I guess to be clear for
0: both of us, that is not to say that in every context that necessarily is like, there are reasons at times uh, and, you know, strategically, whatever, where the right thing to do is to say, no, what we're trying to do is is start this, this new gathering of believers who are completely indigenous, all that kind of stuff. Right. It is, is it fair to say one of the features of, Predominantly Islamic context is just how slow it goes. Yes. Uh, And you might have somebody who has come to faith in some real, truly come to faith where following Christ with the people of God is part of what it means for them to follow Jesus. Right. But there's just not anybody, like literally no other believers in their whole sphere. And it's like, okay, well, what does it look like to follow Christ here? And uh, to to kind of keep them away from a church that's truly there would be um, it again, I'm not going to say it's an obvious choice to invite them in, but you guys have kind of leaned into, we're going to take this risk. We're going to open ourselves up and really truly not let the uh, kind of geographical and linguistic barriers be reasons why we can't be brothers and sisters in the Lord. Is that? that Yeah. And I
1: get why a lot of people err on the other side. We've just seen that like, yeah, in our context, we, we say this often, like, discipleship is going to occur best within the context of the local church. And if we had an indigenous local church that we could plug those guys into for discipleship, we might, would do it. It might be Absolutely. a better option. Yeah. Um, but for us there, it wasn't an option. So plugging them them into our English speaking house church, um, they spoke English, which was, was huge. Yeah. Um, was, was vital for, yeah. for their growth. And yeah, like you said, it, it could be, Years down the road until there is an indigenous church to plug them into for their discipleship, and and we didn't want to withhold covenant the covenant community from them yep. for that long. Yeah. Um. And so that's kind of been been our
0: thinking. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And uh, you know, Alicia and I got to come and visit you guys, you know, a couple of months ago, and as we dug dug in deeper, it was helpful to even realize the the complexity of like what is indigeneity even mean in that context right. like it's a pretty it's a it's a complex thing even in of itself because there's a lot of um expats from all
1: all over the place you yeah know, and we're working sense. with a, a a minority people group that like yeah we just believe when when the the gospel takes root and and the church's birth, it's gonna look like that community. And yeah. so we have Persians in our community, we have Arabs in our community, and we have people from this people group in our community. And so as a team, certainly our focus is to, to be um to be masters of yeah. that language and that culture. That's the focus of our team. But the focus of our church is to be for the city yeah. and for all. And so uh, we've actually seen way more fruit among Arabs and among Persians than we have among our people group, and we're praising God for yeah. that. And we're we're sometimes burdened, like Lord, let it be so that uh, this people group would yeah. come to faith as well. But um, yeah, from our little house church of about twenty five adults, we've yeah. we've seen some some people from other unreached people groups come to faith and. Um, the gospel take root in some other communities, and so um, it's just been really exciting to see how how God has worked. And and so we can't tout um our evangelistic ministry, but we can look at uh, wow, God has really used this little house church, yeah. um, to, to expand his kingdom in, in our city. And so that's been fun.
0: Um, just a one last th- uh, question, I guess, along those lines is like when you say house church, like tease out what you mean by that i mean uh i'm I'm thinking you've got a stage and a band no i obviously that's not the case but like what are the components of being a house church Uh, not necessarily in that context but just to make sure everybody understands when when you say house church you're using that language very specifically and and literally so help us understand fill out the picture for us
1: yeah um so when we say house church we try to look at what is necessary for a robust, healthy church? Mm-hmm. And we look at the New Testament, and there's certainly um, uh, preaching uh, of the gospel. There's uh, leadership, um, taking the sacraments, and so uh, we we try to do everything that the New Testament tells us we should yep. do as a church. And so we have um, a plural, plurality of elders. Um, we preach um, from through books of the Bible every week. Uh, we we sing. Uh, we pray. Uh, we gather for about four hours every Friday. Yeah, you uh, do. Fridays, Friday the-
0: afternoon, Friday right after afternoon. a big
1: meal. I mean, that's right. we have a meal together. Um, uh, we sing and and then we preach and then we pray. And so that's kind of what our our Fridays look like. Um, Shane got to experience that. He got to lead us through Second Corinthians four, and that was a a, a blessing. Uh, nobody fell asleep. I don't think.
0: Honestly, it was. Th- I think that was maybe one of my proudest like preaching accomplishments. It's Friday afternoon. It's super hot. We've just eaten this huge meal, and no one fell asleep. Yeah, I just was like this is yeah. The, yeah. Uh, uh, I've arrived. <laughs>
1: yeah, and so we have all ages all the time. We're on the, uh, we're we're crowded into a living room. Kids on the floor. Yeah. Um, people sitting all around the room, and uh, we just try to to be the church. And yeah. so we you guys have said, membership? Do it. You have membership? Yeah, we have uh, yeah covenant membership, and um, we have about twenty five members, and yeah, we've said. Yeah, we're gonna prioritize healthy church over, um, yeah, how quickly we can reproduce and and indigeneity because our context calls for it, and so those are just sure. things that we've really tried to prioritize. That's good. And, um, That's yeah. good. Um, I want to go back around to uh, more
0: on the kind of the more missional front uh, as you're kind of sharing the gospel, or reading the Bible with people. You talked about some people interested in reading the Bible maybe, or or even like getting to a point where they agree to. You know, like, hey, that sounds good, but there's this it's counting the social cost. When do you guys mark? Um, what do you guys like? What marks a sense of like this person gets it and they're all in like what in that context and culture is the harsh dividing line, I- I- if that makes sense, between former life and, and new life? W- what do you guys look at there?
1: Yeah, I think one blessing of of our of our context is there's not much e- easy believism. Okay. You're not going to have m- many people just coming out of the woodworks to to profess faith, and so I think, yeah, two things: a, a profession is is huge, where someone can say, "I believe that Jesus Christ is my my Lord and Savior," is one, and then baptism is the second. Like if someone's willing to to go into the water and say. The old has passed away; the new has come. I'm I'm stepping away from all of my ties and my loyalty to Islam and, and giving it to 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 the Lord. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean that that's it. And so those two things coupled together um, it is what we look for. I, we love to see people plug into the church, and we love to tie baptism to to mm-hmm. um, covenant membership. But that's not always possible. Uh, we've had some local. Um, believers come to faith, uh, and one they can't speak enough English mm. uh, to really come be to our gathering and show. be a part of it, um, or they're in a security situation where it's just not possible mm. for them to get out of the house and come to the gathering. So, yeah. but um, by default, in general, you would say
0: baptism and,
1: and yeah, entering into
0: the church community; those things go go together.
1: We we try to put them together just because we've seen <laughs> we uh, we've just seen what growth in the local church looks like as. Compared to trying to do it apart from the right. local church, we've we've been forced into doing it both ways, and uh, we we just give testimony to how yeah the body um, is so vital in in the life of a new believer. Yeah, well, and that
0: seems to make sense to me about even what baptism is doing in a way. You talked about like in some ways your context is similar to the Bible Belt, but this would be an area that, that's fairly different, right? Like we can tend to think about something like baptism as this primary, primarily as this like self-expression, like, you know, this, this marker. And that's, there's something right and true about that, but it, it also seems like bab, receiving baptism, especially baptism in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit is an entry into a community right. in a way that I think your context kind of shines light on that, of there is a, that being one of those pivot points of now I kind of like what you're saying. I like what you're saying. I, you know, I, I think I believe all that kind of stuff. The the pivotal point is when you you actually say I'm going to enter into a new community and by doing so you're you're implicitly kind of being either leaving or being pushed out of another community and that that seems appropriate of what baptism is, but right. and it also seems why it's appropriate to connect it to church membership of saying you're you're not just being um, you're not just saying something, you're entering into something. And I just love that in context like that, the the significance of taking on baptism is really highlighted of like, I'm entering into a whole new arena here uh, by, by taking on, on baptism. Amen. Um, what about, okay. So you guys, you guys have been there for a while. Uh, in the words Providence, so the last, you know, six months to a year or so, you guys have been wrestling with, Is this where we need to be geographically uh, for this purpose? Talk us through um, why why you thought through that and then really where the Lord's taking you guys now, again, to the extent that you could share.
1: Yeah. So for these seven and a half years, we've really been on the the periphery uh, of our our people group. As I said, the the heart of our people group is in these three Central Asian countries that you you hear about um, on the news. There's often terrorist attacks. There's often... Yeah. Governmental coups and, and, and these types of things happening. And, and so for the longest time, we just didn't have a way to get into those three countries. And that's the reason we, we settled in, in the Arab Gulf. Um, but because of our, our effectiveness, uh, it wasn't because we're excellent business people uh, because of the Lord's grace and how he helped us to establish a business, um, yeah, we saw an opportunity to use that same business model in, uh, the country that, that we're trying to get into. And so at the beginning of 2021, um, our leadership asked us to consider thinking through how we could establish a presence in that country. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we looked around and we said, would, would you guys, um, everyone else consider going? Mm. Um, and then, uh, as we began to pray, Jenny and I both said, why, why not us? Uh, we've been here the longest, we have the most experience with the language and culture. And so we, we just entered into a season of prayer. Um, yeah, Lord, would this would this be good? Uh, would this make sense for us to to try this? Um, we were um, very happy with our life in in that that country we were in. Yeah, um, we took several vision trips, and we just saw the the vast amount of opportunity that we would have uh, in that country. Um, where we are now where we've been there haven't been a lot of opportunities to 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 do mercy ministry to, okay. to p pe- to meet people's physical needs it's fairly affluent uh, there's there's government health care there's just not a lot of opportunities for that but we saw the opportunity to to do that in in, in a place where there is tons of need mm. tons of poverty um and yeah. and we, yeah, we just begin to pray and take those trips and at at the end of like a, a six-month period, we decided we would we would take that step. Um, a couple months later, there was a terrorist attack in the city that we were looking at going to, um, and Jenny just felt a, a lot of apprehension mm-hmm. about okay taking this next step. Um, it was going to look very different for our family to go there, um, and, and we just weren't sure. And so, okay, let's take one more uh, month to pray. I was like confident the Lord is not going to lead jenny to feel a certain sure. way and me to to feel a different way mm. and that's really where we were and we've never been like that yeah. in 10 years of marriage um and so we wrestled with that we took that month to pray um at the end of that month we were getting away for our anniversary and the day before we left for our anniversary trip, I got a call from the government um, of the, the country we were living in and said, you are no longer welcome um, hmm. to live in this country. And so praying, should we stay? Should we go? Um, the the Lord <laughs> <laughs> made it very clear. Uh, you, you you can't stay. Yeah. And so uh, in the moment, that was super hard for us to hmm. really wrestle with. We'd been in that country for seven and a half years, felt, um, yeah, just... The Lord was really working there, but um, it. looking back, <laughs> um, it was the grace of God. Mm-hmm. It, it put my wife and I on the same page of how we should move forward in, in life. And yeah. so now uh, we look to this Central Asian country, and um, in, in August we'll, we'll land there and, and get our kids started in school there, yeah. and uh, we'll have to learn a new trade language. Our ministry language will be the same, thankfully, but we will have to learn a new trade language, and mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll jump into a, a new language. and yeah. and
0: and start ministry there you guys are you guys are i mean these sound like very different contexts like one of them having a lot of creature comforts and not say it's been easy there's been a lot of things have been hard but in some ways uh in some ways you haven't been roughing it necessarily sounds like this new context There, you might be entering into finding facing new pressures is that is that fair to say
1: very true. Different yeah. kinds of pressures. Yeah, we are going from a place where we celebrated birthdays at Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> um, to a place where, yeah, there are terrorist attacks happening um, fairly regularly. And so, yeah, I think that I think one thing excites us. It's going to force us to to press in, to depend on the Lord mm-hmm. in, a, in, in a in a greater way. Uh, we want to uh, abide and 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 grow in our dependency on Him. But it scares us too. Like Mm. we're making this decision for our kids; they're young, um, and we're putting them in a in a a place where it's risky. Um, And so, it's really made us think through our theology of risk. Like, Mm. is it is it worth it um, to make a move like this? Um, And that uh, we in our in our hearts we want to answer yes every day, and and it's we don't feel that every day. And so, really, it's it's a it's a constant. Um, reminding ourselves of of what's true um uh of the brevity of of this life and the importance of eternity and mm. um going back to that regularly and when I'm not feeling that Jenny preaching that to me yeah. and when Jenny's not feeling that me preaching that to her and yeah um it's it's been a it's been a tough journey but we're excited about what God has in store
0: yeah that's such a sweet picture of of being able to kind of lean on one another's faith at at various times that's a uh, um you read uh, Barbie Hughes liberating ministry from the no success no syndrome. It's, it's a, it's a really helpful book, but I just remember there's one vivid pa- passage where he's really struggling and she just, you know, looks at him and says like, I know, like basically like, I'm going to believe for both of us right now. Like you can lean on my faith. And every time I read, it, I'm just like wipe my eyes, you know, exactly. it's so good. But that's such a, such a, a great picture of kind of how that's being tested for you guys, uh, in that, that particular way. And I really appreciate what you shared about, like, it's one thing to Kind of take risk for yourself. It's another thing to take risk for your kids. Um, and uh, not taking that lightly, but also not been paralyzed by that. It, even just a lot of folks listening, I think will hear that and kind of have some gut check moments where they're just like, okay, like not just how can I do that, but like know very specifically how to pray for you guys and pray for them. And The kids seem, they seem great. Uh, they seem like they're on board but I also know that we're getting only glimpses and that they're going to face they're going to face hardships in ways that they didn't sign up for necessarily. And so uh pray for you guys as you kind of shepherd their, their hearts through that. Um, uh, mentioned t- teaming earlier. Um, So as team has developed and, and morphed, one of the things that we've wanted to do as a church is when we send people out um, and as we keep getting to send people out, we love to be able to, to pair people not pair people up i guess but but uh collaborate as we send new folks out send them to join the work that's already been going where uh, folks that we've sent out are already kind of rooted and laboring and you guys are really getting to experience that so again whatever you can share whatnot but tell us what's happening even just like kind of we're in the midst of it right now in terms of building out your team and other idc folks uh, kind of coming along yeah. Uh, yeah. And maybe in the, ha- the past, too, because you've had other folks that have, have joined you guys in the past, right?
1: Yeah. We prayed for people to come alongside us. And so um, very shortly after we got there, we decided we wanted to to start a CrossFit gym. And so we started looking for, for people to help us. And so we had a couple um, for, from our time at IDC come out and join us for a few years, help us get that CrossFit gym going. And um, they served a three-year term and they're some of our best friends. And so we were excited about that. Um, and then, in this new season, um we needed some people who would have some experience with that side of of uh the water that we we had never been to, and so we started asking oh, who who are any families interested in going that that direction and we had a family from i d c reach out and say uh, yeah, we're, we're interested in that. We've got some experience um, in, in those things. And so I won't share their names. Sure. Or I'll let them them tell their story. But they came and joined us and uh, they weren't CrossFit folks. Um, so uh, we opened up uh, a little coffee shop in the front of our CrossFit gym and they, they've they r- ran that that coffee shop. And that's been uh, a blessing just to have them, uh, just to have like IDC DNA, like coming to us and people. We, we share the same vocabulary yeah. and, the, and the same heart for ministry. Um, and then when we found out we were likely moving, um, from our prior context, we asked again, Hey, IDC, you got any, you got any folks? And, uh, there's a family that will be joining, uh, that work in, in October of this year. And so we're, we're super excited about both of those families with the, yeah, the, the work of this people group, there's 11 million of them globally spread out over seven countries. And so we kind of have a, a 10 year vision to have units in 10 different cities mm. and so uh that's kind of how we're recruiting like come out um kind of come to a, a hub city and, and learn language learn how maybe you could use your skill set among this people group and then let's spread out yeah. and um and build healthy teams in all these 10 cities and so that's kind of our prayer and and if you're listening to this thinking like I would love to be a part of something like that. Please reach out to us and, and we would love to think about how yeah. like maybe the Lord would, would draw you. And I think we, we tend to think about missionaries in a certain light. Like you've got to be like this type of person geared toward this type of yeah. lifestyle. And with our people group, they're just spread out amongst so many different contexts, yeah. urban, rural, um, educated, uneducated. Like there's just so many things you could do from using your yeah like engineering degree to mm-hmm. to using your personal training ex- like yeah. experience to medical experience or even like if you're a farmer like there's yeah. tons you can do among this people group you might not like it might not think oh my skill set would line up with this and, and it might and and maybe not even yeah. our work but think about how you can use your skills and, and i think god might really surprise you no that's that's so good yeah i, I love that that of vision there, or like the Lord
0: equipping people with from all different kind of backgrounds um, to kind of collaborate for the sake of making disciples and proclaiming Christ among the nations, and in particular among this this people group um, and all the complexity. That's super super encouraging. Um, Let's uh, you've kind of wandered throughout the whole journey or whatnot. Maybe let's put a bow on it with just ways that I see church family can be praying for you guys. Like, what are things? What rise to the top of you guys' list when when we're thinking of just ways that that we can labor before the Lord on your behalf? Uh, on your behalf and on behalf of the people group what what are some things that come to mind
1: yeah i think the first thing that comes to mind is just it's it's really fresh on our minds and hearts, leaving the place that we spent a lot of time uh in um us and the other elder of of our house church left at the same time so we we Raised up two new elders, uh, but just praying for mm. the church uh, in the midst mm. of transition. Um, two new elders, a lot of transition, uh, three or four new believers that have come to faith in the last six months um, joining the church, plugging in. And so just pray for the life of that church. Um, that, like, yeah, we're, we're, we're so excited that the, even though we have to leave, like, that church is going to be there. And so just pray for the church during transition uh and then just pray for our hearts like as i shared earlier one that we would just we would yeah feed from 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 the well mm. of of the word that we would abide uh, deeply in christ and mm. find our sustenance our perseverance our, our faithfulness there um and that would be what we run to in in a hard season and then looking forward um praying Praying for our transition. Uh, we're really wrestling with what we'll do um, ministry-wise when we when we arrive in our new city. There are some old established churches, and so wrestling with what will, will we plug into those churches. Mm-hmm. Um, those churches really have a hard time with ministering and sharing with Muslims, so we're not sure uh, how that will go. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two Muslim background believers from our people group in the city that we've been connected with and started doing discipleship calls oh. and some leadership development um, just over Skype every, every week. And so pray for our relationship with those two, two brothers. And, um, yeah, as we pray and think through how, uh, we're moving into a city of 20 million people. And so how, uh, yeah, it's a little bit overwhelming to think, how can we come in, um, establish a presence in the city and and begin to do ministry. So prayer prayers for our transition for sure. No doubt. No doubt.
0: Well, um, I'm just capturing those and definitely want to pass those on to um, the brothers and sisters here. I will say, uh, IDC family, if if you're interested in praying for the people group specifically, just come, you know, talk to me, Um, can reach out to you guys, I I guess, as well. Uh, But come talk to me. Happy to give you the the name of the people group and ways, you know, give you a little bit more about kind of their their layout and stuff like that. So they can be praying uh, even specifically for the Lord just to to move. You've sprinkled in there, like the Lord has worked uh kind of in and around you guys or in through and around you guys uh to call some some folks to to faith but like we, we want more you know, yeah, <laughs> you know for we sure. want more and so we want to kind of labor with you guys that you'll be overwhelmed with just like we don't know what to do with all these new believers that like what a great problem to have right uh yeah. a challenge to have so man, uh ben thanks for taking the time to to share with us um and hopefully give just more of a sense of what the Lord's been doing in in you guys' lives and then the the work that we get to be a part of uh, in in helping send you guys out and continue to partner and send more folks. Um, It's just, I think, a a joy to recognize that uh, when when we sent you guys out, what, seven years ago, uh, we weren't saying, you know, go be warmed and be filled, but also, um, you know, we want to continue to lock arms for the sake of the gospel. And so thank you guys for, you know, partnering, continue to partner with us uh, back here as well. Yeah,
1: thanks so much for having me on and it's yeah, it's a blessing to be sent out by IDC to know that yeah, we have elders and a and a body here that that really do care for us well and uh it's a joy so Praise God. Um, well, thank you. Uh,
0: thank you, IDC Church family, for listening. I uh, pray this is encouraging. I, I hope that it has kind of just stirred your heart to uh, to thank the Lord for what he has done and then just to, to go to the Lord on behalf of, of Ben and his family and the people group uh, that they're laboring. Uh, and we, we just want to see uh, the Lord be glorified and exalted uh, everywhere where he is deserving which is uh, kind of among all nations and so uh, thanks for for partnering with us in that I hope you guys have a good day and we will come back again